I see you're about to listen to an episode I recorded when I first started my FIRE journey. I definitely didn't want to delete this episode because I still feel there's some value there, but just understand that some of the stuff I mention definitely isn't applicable today. So I would say take everything in this episode with a little bit of a grain of salt and do check out an episode I released in November 2022 called my top 10 FIRE regrets. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to the Irish Fire Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Halton. I'm an entrepreneur, investor, and financial independence enthusiast, sharing my financial freedom journey. Stay tuned and welcome aboard. Some of the recent feedback that I've gotten from listeners is that I'm very good at covering why we should be pursuing financial independence, but I haven't really got into the nitty gritty of how one should go about pursuing financial independence, particularly when they are just starting out. And so this episode is going to cover the basic steps of how I started my financial independence journey. I have covered this off in drips and drabs in other episodes, but this is going to try and give you a step-by-step guide to what I did And I guess the idea here is that you should find out which step you're at and then just pursue them one by one from there. The first thing that I did was I started a conversation with my wife about this stuff. This kind of comes back to highlighting the pain points and that realization that, hey, maybe we've been doing this stuff the wrong way. I think to actively pursue financial independence, you need to get everybody on board from day one. And I've said this before, but If one of you is on board and one of you is not, then it's going to be a great source of conflict within your family. This doesn't need to be a dramatic conversation. I think that financial independence is as much about a changing of habit than anything else, and changing habits can take time. So I've certainly seen a massive change in my wife's spending habits over the last 12 months or so, as she's got more on board with our pursuit of financial independence. And I guess when it comes to this conversation, you're not trying to have a conversation of how, you're actually having a conversation of why. Why do you want to start saving money and investing money in the hope that you could live off the interest? Why is this important to you? Is the why about not working 40 to 60 hours a week and maybe reducing your hours to 40 hours a week or less so that you can have more time together? Or perhaps it's that why of Maybe we shouldn't be taking a job where I need to travel so much to have that extra money and I could actually take a job closer to home so that I can spend more time with the kids and be in from work at a reasonable time. So there's lots of ways that you could pursue it and everybody's going to have a different goal from this. And you don't need to have the master plan at this point. This could just be, look, in the next three to six months, I would like to change from this to that. I've said this before, I try not to set my goals too far beyond the 12 month mark because I think it's easy to actually have this dream goal, which just is so far down the line that you're not actually taking immediate steps to start achieving it. So by having a small 12-month goal, then that could be a good one to get started with. The next point, so point two, is to start or continue learning. The first thing that I would advise is find a mentor or a role model. And chances are, if you're already listening to this podcast, that you are already on this path anyway, that you've already been seeking out some answers to this stuff. Uh, You've obviously reached out to me to hear my story and to see what we're doing. So, you know, by all means, that's great. I am certainly not 
the full source of your education though. So at the same time, I would recommend a few books. I'd certainly recommend reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Another good one is The Simple Path to Wealth by J.L. Collins and Money Master the Game by Tony Robbins. And I'll link these books in the show notes so that if you do want to find out more about them, you can have a look. At worst, I would recommend Rich Dad, Poor Dad if you haven't read it already. Extremely simple read, but it's just going to change your mindset and start getting you thinking outside the box when it comes to money. Step three, and I've often mentioned this step as the first step, so I'm kind of glad that I've given a couple of steps before it. But step three is to start tracking your expenses. And the idea here is just to give yourself an idea of where your money goes. So I think most of us wouldn't really have an idea of where it goes. We just know that there isn't enough at the end of each month. So the idea here is that you're going to start to know where that money goes and where those pain points are. You're going to categorize your spending so that you can look at the breakdown each month and see what's going on and see what's changing. And ideally, you also want to start tracking your income so that you can actually see if you're living inside your means. Now, this might be a shock to some. I suspect most people are living outside of their means. And it is actually quite difficult to live inside your means. You know, this is one which you might get stuck on for a while because even just trying to start living within your means is difficult. We still struggle on a monthly basis to do this. It's very difficult, especially when you've got three kids and you've got health expenses and you've got unknown expenses that come up. We just had some car troubles, so that's going to cost us a bit of money. You know, it's difficult when it's not always fully in your control. Some of these costs can be estimated. Some of these costs are seasonal costs. And so this is going to help you to see this as well. It's amazing how many times September rolls around and you're hearing on news talk shows that people just simply don't have the money and it's as if they didn't realize that the back to school expenses were going to come back each year. Same as Christmas, same as birthdays, same as communions, things like that. So all of these events that can, if you're not careful, result in you taking a loan out and that taking years to pay off. So that could be a horrible situation to get into, which should try and be avoided. So with that in mind, once you have an idea of what your expenses are, you can move on to step four of this list, which is to start reducing your expenses. And this probably is easier said than done, but it is something that can be done successfully over time. And it's certainly something that we've seen firsthand in terms of just changing bad habits. And I've talked about this before on the show, but we used to have a habit of going shopping every Saturday and buying stuff that we probably didn't need that we thought we needed. And we just got out of this habit. Some other ones, impulse buying. If you can get out of the habit of impulse buying, which, look, I know is difficult for some. I met somebody recently that said that they don't need to browse because when they find something that they like, they just buy it. And I thought, right, that sounds like a dangerous spending path to go down because you're basically walking into a shop not knowing what you want, but they know that when they see it, that they're going to like it and that's what they want. For me, that was seemed a little bit of a dangerous uh, mentality to have because that could result in overspending quite easily. And the trick here is to really to remove unhappy expenses. Okay, so the idea is you're looking at what you're spending and you're saying, where is our money going on things that don't actually bring us any happiness? So some examples of this is we cut out some of the kids' extracurricular activities when we actually sat down and asked them, do you guys actually enjoy this? Or do you feel like we're just maybe forcing you or maybe you don't enjoy this anymore? And so that was a good way to not only cut back the cost of the actual class, 
but also the transport cost of getting there. And obviously just the stress of getting kids ready for those events and trying to get there on time can also be stressful. So it had some other side benefits as well. Look, if it's 50 euros a month on bought coffees and you enjoy it, I'm not going to say don't do that. Again, this is about removing those unhappy expenses. So it's just something that you can think about from that point of view. And you might say, well, Mike, that's not really going to result in a 20% expense shift. And I hear you. So my advice on this one would be think a little bit big picture as well. So one of the reasons that we were able to cut down by that magic 20% number was because we reduced our childcare costs. So we realized that by me cutting down a part-time, we wouldn't need to be paying somebody to help mine the kids. And ultimately, that was quite a big chunk of expense. I've heard about other people cutting down from two cars to one. So I think that's a great way to help reduce that number. But to be honest, it comes back to this concept of time versus money. And if you can explain to your partner that having your time is going to be more valuable than the stuff that you're buying with your money, then I think ultimately that's what's going to help. I think for us, the reason we were able to reduce it is because we started to value things more like having a barbecue versus going out to eat. Yeah, for 30 euros, you can feed six or seven people at a barbecue versus going out to lunch, which will cost you over 100 euro. My wife recently convinced me to buy some fake flowers for our table rather than us buying flowers every week that we were chucking out. And I know you might argue, oh yeah, that's not quite as romantic. But I thought that that was something of a nice gesture from her side to say, look, we now have flowers that are on the table and look pretty all the time. And we're immediately saving three or four euros a week. So again, it's, it's little wins and it does add up over time. And there's kind of that spiral effect because when you're suddenly not shopping every weekend, you're not tempted to buy stuff, you're not spending money on transport costs to get there, you're not paying for parking. And so why am I getting you to reduce your expenses? Truthfully, because it's probably the easiest way to start getting some extra money. And ultimately, that's what you're looking for. So yes, I could say go and try and earn more income. But I think that that just puts you into this tax spiral of increasing tax and working harder and harder. So I think for most of us, reducing expenses is probably the easier way. And that moves us on to step five, which is with those reduced expenses that you can start paying down debt. And specifically, I'm talking here about high interest debt. So this is your credit cards, your personal loans, you know, whatever debt that you have where it's not really mortgage debt or a debt of around 3 to 4%. Anything higher than that, you really want to be paying that off. And so the idea here is that um, you're going to use that extra money from reducing your expenses to start putting as extra payments into the debt. And ultimately, what you're looking to do is once that debt is paid off, or if you're fortunate enough not to have any debt, then you can move on to step six which is to look to start or to increase your contributions into a low-cost pension. Now, why a pension? And this is not something that I probably would have recommended at the start of my financial independence journey, but I've talked in the past about having plan C of building my pension pot. And I think the more that I look and the more that I go down the path of financial independence, the more that I realize that a pension is the best tool in terms of tax efficiency. So even if you are employed, then making those maximum contributions should be your first goal. So for example, if you're between the age of 30 to 40, the max contribution is 20% of your income. So you should be looking to put in 20% of your income into your pension, ideally. And finally, step seven. So once you have maximized your pension contributions, or at least where you've set yourself some sort of pension goal where you're happy with the amount that you're contributing, 
then you can also start to look at personal investments. So this is where you've now taken that extra money and you're looking to invest personally. So I've talked about this and I've covered this in the past as well. Some of the things I'd recommend is peer-to-peer lending. You could be looking here, property, really whatever you like, right? This is sometimes more short-term investments that you're looking to make and ideally investments that bring in positive cash flow is really what you're looking for here. If you can look at investments which bring you into the capital gains tax or capital gains based investments, then you could take advantage of the tax-free allowance when it comes to the capital gains. So this could be a good way to get additional income in a tax-free basis. So hopefully this has given you some good ideas around how you can kind of get started. In hindsight, this would have been a great episode to have early on. So thank you to those who have asked me to cover this one and hopefully it has given you some inspiration or at least given you an indication of what step you're on and where you need to go from there. To be honest, once you get to the end of step seven, then the world becomes your oyster to a large degree. And I think one of the reasons I haven't covered this in the past is because I think that everybody's journey is going to be unique. But at the same time, there's going to be tools and things that we want to utilize as much as we can to make it easier. And that's why I cover some of the things like pensions and stuff like that to make sure that you're being as tax efficient as possible. As always, if you have any questions, reach out to me at michael at firepodcast.ie. Otherwise, I look forward to catching you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to today's episode. As you likely already know, the path to financial freedom starts with you taking action. If you've been inspired by my story, why not come and join me at one of my events? I attend meetups regularly and also host webinars every couple of weeks. Most of the events are free to attend. Visit www.firepodcast.ie and click on the events tab for more information. The link will also appear in the show notes.